Well, it's, there's three actually. There's the ones that don't care about this stuff and they stay small and that's great for them and they usually make a really great lifestyle business out of what they do. Those tend to be extremely creative, like very talented people. There's the ones that don't care about this and grow because there is somebody on the team that cares about it and they're the ones that are managing workflows and basically telling that person like, here's how we have to do things and they're kind of figuring it out. And there's the ones that um, don't care about it until they have to, which usually ends up being around six to 10 employees when they really start feeling the pain of trying to run their business, trying to constantly making payroll, trying to keep the lights on in the building um, and realizing how hard that can be if you're not paying attention to where your money and your time is going. We are back with another episode of the Cold Star Project, this time with Marcel Petipa of Parakeeto. Marcel, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jason. It's great to be here. I was excited about talking with you because, first of all, you have a software as a service and your, your business also does uh, consulting as well. So why don't we begin with a little bit about um, who you serve and what kind of problems you solve? Absolutely. So uh, Parakeeto, we serve digital agencies that are on the smaller end of the spectrum. So, you know, anywhere from uh, just a handful of employees up to, you know, around 100 employees. And we help them automate a lot of the spreadsheets that they might use to calculate their most important metrics, things like tracking profitability of clients, the capacity of their team, forecasting their cash flow, all the things that are very difficult to do in an agency, especially if you've got a whole bunch of different tools that you use to run your business. Business. So essentially what we're trying to do is, is build a middleware platform that allows agencies to use the tools that they love for things like uh, project management and accounting, but still allows them to automate a lot of those spreadsheets that they would use to track their most important KPIs and really give agency owners and executives um, one place that they can go to see how healthy their business is and see where the opportunities are for them to run more profitably. Hmm. So what you've encountered with all these tech firms is that they're smaller and they have all their information all over the place, right? Yeah. So apps. exactly. They, they get caught in what I call the, the gap of death. Um, and I've called this, I've called this myself because generally when they start, they start with a handful of tools that they need. And as they grow, they accumulate more and more tools. And then they reach this pivotal point where they go, you know, we really need to track our metrics and we're really tired of doing it in spreadsheets. And they realize that if they continue to use bespoke tools, the, administrative debt of tracking their metrics is going to continue to increase. Hmm. But there's also this huge switching cost to going to an all-in-one solution to manage their agency that will automate this. But you know, of course, the challenge with all-in-one solutions is they tend to be expensive and it's a real big pain to try and change your team from all the tools that they're really used to using into a platform that's kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. So we saw that as an opportunity um, in the market. It was a problem that my co-founder Jared had in his agency and couldn't find a good solution for. And that's kind of how we started down this path. Okay. Would you differentiate Parakeeto, the software as a service tool from a dashboard or is it a dashboard? Um, I would differentiate it from a dashboard simply because, um, and, and we looked at all kinds of different dashboards because of course we want to try and solve this before we invested in building a software company because that's a pretty big investment. So um, we looked at dashboards and the main issue with dashboards is they'll pull KPIs from other software, but they don't do any math. And the thing about agency KPIs is there is a lot of math that needs to be done. You have to have a basic um, foundation for how the data is structured. You need to have an, an understanding of what a budget is for a project and what was invested in it. And you need to use that information to calculate uh, what an agency really needs to know. And dashboards just often lack the ability to do that. 
uh, without doing a whole bunch of custom coding or slapping a database onto it. And it turns it turns into its own software product in the end. Hmm. So tell us a little bit more about this. You call, you you had a phrase for it. The, the point at which the agency realizes, oh no, I've got all this stuff all over the place. How do I compile it into one central location? Like what kind of tools are they using? I want people watching or listening to be able to recognize if they're in this situation. Definitely. So, I mean, if you're an agency and you've got, let's say, QuickBooks for your accounting software or maybe Harvest or sorry, or maybe Xero, uh, and then you've got a time tracking tool probably. So Toggle, Harvest, you know, there's a whole bunch of time tracking tools. Then you might have a project management tool. So that could be Asana, Trello, uh, any, any of the Atlassian suite, teamwork, what have you. There's tons of project management tools out there. That's the one that I find agencies have a really hard time switching from because of how subjective it is to their, their team style and how they like to work. Um, then they might have something for resource planning and they might have something for scheduling time off and uh, they might have something else for CRM and lead generation and they might have something else for document management and proposals and where they store all their statements of work and you know the different budgets they have for clients. Uh, so this is the kind of situation that you might find yourself in where you've got tons of different tools to manage your business. And if you want to figure out something simple, like what was the profit margin of that client we just finished a project for? Well, you've got to go and pull your timesheets from your, from your time tracking software and you've got to go pull expense reports from QuickBooks and you've got to go pull the original budget from the Google Drive where it's stored and the resource plan to see who worked on it. Um, and it can be a real pain to put all that information together. Hence the big cost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> somebody yeah. would have been trying to customize this thing. What do you have to say to a, a relatively newbie agency, uh, maybe an agency owner, co-founder, who goes, well, yeah, I don't care about profitability yet. I just am interested in getting sales. Well, I mean, certainly there's going to be a point in time uh, in your agency life where you're that's going to be your primary concern. I think business development is always a concern for an agency. We've generally found that up until about a million dollars in revenue, that's where most people's focus go. But what I would advise is that if you're not tracking the profitability of your clients, it's very hard to know who your best clients are, which makes it very hard to niche into a really profitable niche, which makes it really hard to scale in the first place. Um, and you might find yourself in a situation, and I've seen this time and time and time and time again, where in the early days, you just want to sell. So you sell anything to anyone. And then you end up in this situation where you've got a million or $2 million in revenue. You've got employees, you've got overhead, and you're trapped. You have to keep selling to keep your revenue up to maintain all of this. But the reality is what you should be doing is saying no to half of the clients that you're working for, doubling down on the ones that are profitable so that you can scale. But you've kind of locked yourself in the, in the golden handcuffs in a way. So to me, if you can have the discipline to do this early on, it can set you up for much more rapid growth. And you don't, have it, you don't tend to hit those roadblocks that a lot of agencies do when they reach certain levels of scale where they have to stop, readjust, have to take a year or two off from growth to try and actually get their business profitable and focus on the right clients so that they can move to the next level. Right. Yeah. What you said makes total sense to me. The, the idea of being able to identify who's profitable early on and then niche down, it would help you with your targeting, your marketing, what kind of conversations you would have, pain points, right? All these goodies to help identify the area of excellence for you right and then and then pick, figure out how to grow that as opposed to as you say oh we're going to take anything and everything and then suddenly there's this mishmash and then if you do go through the oh wait 
the accountant, the CFO says we got to be more profitable. Let's do that. We apply brain power to it and we figure out oh, now, two years later, it's something else, right? Hmm. Now, the, the adjustment to that would be very difficult. Like the salespeople are used to having a certain kind of conversation and now they're going to feel crammed into a corner, for mm -hmm. example, right? Or the marketing. Um, you get this, uh, this kind of marketing that goes, oh, I've got my blinders on and all I can see is like this kind of, of prospect. I can't see what you're telling me to identify because they're not used to it. And that sort of mental retraining takes a couple months at least to, to come around to it and start filtering those things in. So I can see a huge advantage. Um, how big have you gotten Parakeeto up to now as far as company size goes, like people working there and kind of thing. Um, so we're still we're still very early days uh, with Parakeeto. Um, so we came up with the idea about a year ago um, and we didn't really form a company around it until we had done quite a bit of extensive market development validation test. We started building it I'm gonna say in probably February in a serious way. Um, so right now there's myself, there's uh, my co-founder Jared and two um, developers from his team in Boise, Idaho that are working on Parakeeto. And uh, we just, just, just opened up Parakeeto for a um, free trial on our website. Uh, it's still in beta, but people are able to go and sign up for the tool, start using it and uh, see if they like it, give us feedback and keep using it if they like it, which I hope they will. Um, so it's an exciting time, but we are still early. So the team is pretty small, four of us right now. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about the kind of conversations that you're having with, with agency owners and that, that you're helping. Who, who, how do they recognize that they need your help? Yeah. So generally the agencies are going to start recognizing this when they have a small team under them. So, um, you know, generally around five, six employees when, and, and the moment that they realize that this is really a problem is when they lose money on a project mm -hmm. and they go, Oh crap, this, like this can happen just because a client is giving me X amount of revenue doesn't mean that I'm going to be in the green on this. Right. Um, so they have an instance where, you know, they get to the end of the month and they're having trouble making payroll and they're like, how could this happen? We made so much revenue and they realize that their team spent four times as much time on a project as they should have, or they went over on expenses. And now all of a sudden they think I need to take a closer look at this. So generally at that point, the first instinct in for me is always to look for SAS because I hate building spreadsheets, but a lot of people will go straight to, okay, let's, you know, try to figure this out. Let's build a spreadsheet. And then they get tired of it and they start looking for something to automate this process. Um, now, generally, if you're a smaller agency, it's easier at that point to try and switch to more of an all-in-one platform. But again, the caveat there is most of the time you've got to stick to their project management software and that can be a really difficult transition. So mm -hmm. that's generally where I see a lot of people get frustrated because they'll go shopping around the industry. Um, there's a ton of tools out there but they'll, you know, they never feel like a good fit because most of our competitors are trying to own everything that the agency does. And we just don't feel that that's the best way to approach the problem. Okay. I'm trying to get this mental picture, right? Of, <laughs> of Parakeeto and what it does. Is it sitting like a layer on top of everything else that feeds into it? And then you were talking about the ability to calculate based on the data that comes in. Yeah. So there's a couple of, uh, yeah, no, this is a, a tricky conversation to have. So just to kind of give you an idea Good. of where it sits in the workflow, um, 
so Parakeeto does require a certain amount of data in order to give you insight. So if we think about the workflow, this would be one of the first places that you start putting information in when you're talking to a client. So what you would do inside of a tool like Parakeeto is you would tell us, here's the client that we're working with. Here's how many hours we estimate their project is going to take. Here are the different deliverables that are going to make up this project. Um, so it actually, we use standard agency language, so it would be a contract. And then within each contract, you would have deliverables. Mm -hmm. So you would basically give us an estimate of what are the deliverables? What are, what's our expectation of time? How much is the client paying us? And now we're working on bringing in payroll data. So who's working on this? How much do I pay them? How many hours a week do I expect them to work? What's the cost per hour that these people have? And then once we have that information, um, right now we have a time tracking tool built into Parakeeto. So it's as easy as just letting your team work on it. They track their time. And then you as an agency owner have a dashboard that gets updated in real time. Every time an hour is logged to say, hey, you estimated this is going to take 12 hours. You've gone and spent 14 on it, and here's exactly how it affected your hourly rate. Here's how it affected your revenue. Um, here's exactly the service where it happened and the deliverable that happened. So even if, let's say, you're profitable on this certain type of retainer that you offer often, you could drill down and see that there's one particular part of it that you're constantly going over budget on. Mm -hmm. So it really helps you identify opportunities for optimization over time, which we think is pretty powerful. I hope that in six months or a year, you will have secretly behind the scenes compiled all this data <laughs> from, from all your customers uh, and, and release it, it, not in a way where you can point fingers and say what came from where, but a general industry trends thing uh, to see what areas of projects are over the estimate the most often. I think mm -hmm. that would be very useful for benchmarking. I guess well, and on that, that's a great point because it just um, that's something that's in our you know wish list in terms of the backlog. We'd love to be able to give people those kinds of insights right inside the app, so they could mm -hmm. see, hey, we're forty percent less profitable on our SEO services than our competitors. Um, we should probably address that. I think that'd be a pretty cool insight. Yeah, labor estimations are consistently underestimated. I will, mm -hmm. I will flat out say that right now, just off the cuff, because I know, I know having done it myself and worked with many, many people, I'm usually the guy who gets it pretty spot on. Like if I say it's going to be six hours, it's usually around six hours. But mm -hmm. most of the people that I talk to are super fast moving and they think they're going to get it done in two. And this is the sort of thing that can kick your business in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I, I mean, that's an, another uh, really important uh, factor is obviously labor efficiency. And um, this is the power of having a tool do this as opposed to, to spreadsheets, because over time, you know, we, and this is again, wish list kind of features that are way down the road, but you know, with things like machine learning, we could start to tell you, Hey, these two employees, when they work together, they work 28% faster, or this new guy that you hired, he's actually coming up to speed faster faster than usual or slower than usual. So you should tack on X number of hours to your estimate because this person is going to work on it. Um, those kinds of things are almost impossible to do in a spreadsheet unless you have somebody working full time updating it by the minute, by the day, and it just gets really tedious. Yeah, I, I think internal benchmarking reporting is going to be super valuable. So I, I know from uh, my background in metal fabrication, I, mean, I ran a metal fab shop that you could bring on, you would have a good welder and bring on a new welder. And it wasn't like the good welder's productivity would go down to 50% or something. It would go down to zero. And so during that period of training, you wouldn't expect to get much done. And I would expect that a similar thing would happen in, in training in any other field. So 
uh, I think that internal reporting is going to be really valuable, that benchmarking. So there's a phrase here in our notes. We dramatically extended runway. Um, talk to me about that. What does that mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, you know, when we started Parakeeto, we had we were fortunate enough to have um, an advisor that uh, kind of gave us a, a check that allowed me to take on this project full time, and he joined our board. Um, so that gave us some time to build the software. And of course, we underestimated how complex the build was, and it took us a lot longer than we thought. And we got into this situation where, and I think a lot of startups experience this. You have this gap between. You know, when you build your MVP, which is really not ready to generate revenue, it's just ready to, to get feedback, really. Um, and you start collecting valuable feedback, but you have to spend some time being patient, being disciplined, collecting feedback, improving the product until it gets to a point where you can actually afford to scale it. You can afford to pay to acquire a customer, to get on the platform retain them get lifetime value out of them and actually start generating some revenue and we were still i mean we still are in a way kind of in that gap we're just starting to come at the tail end of it but um in a way that gap is i think where a lot of startups die um because again they spend all their money building a product they don't realize that that product's not really ready to grow and so when we found ourselves in that situation it was kind of at a necessity we were looking at our runway we looked at our product and we said we this isn't going to work we need to find a way to extend this so we asked ourselves, well, what can we do that's still going to be relevant to the customer that we want to serve, that's still going to solve the problem that we want to solve, that's still going to allow us to learn, um, but you know, that is going to generate revenue right now. And we said, well, why don't we just do what our product is going to do as a service for our clients? So if they're tired of building spreadsheets, let us build the spreadsheets for them. We'll still get to go in and learn about the intricacies, about the workflows, about what is important to them, what's not, what kind of conversations they have around, which is going to help us improve our product. Um, but we don't have to try and rush a product to market that's not ready to scale and end up potentially damaging our, um, our reputation because, you know, it's just that's just the life cycle of a product. It takes time for it to get good and it takes a lot of feedback for it to get good. Okay. And, and you and your co-founder did a lot of outreach to find out like what the real problem was, right? Yeah. So we did uh, a lot of outreach um, to do customer development. I think I sent a little over 3000 cold emails and ended up doing about 60 calls with agency owners to really dig into what their problems were and see if we, we were actually directionally accurate on what we were doing. And then we started um, doing pre-sales as a test. So we would just see if people were willing to wire us, you know, 500 bucks, um, off of some screenshots that we had showed them. We ended up refunding all of those people, but we really wanted to do a litmus test on is this problem important enough for people to shell out a little bit of money to solve. Um, so after we did that, we were confident that we could start building a product and make an investment. Um, but again, the what we really should have done back then instead of pre-selling the product was pre-sell the service because ultimately it solved the same problem, so it still validated it. So I'm glad that we ended up doing that later um, and that we're still doing it now. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I guess we're going to finish up here. Um, how, how should people connect with you? How can they find out more about Parakeeto and, and what it does? Sure, absolutely. So um, I am all over the internet. Like most people these days, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, not super active on Twitter, but I'm on Instagram, Marcel Petipa. 
There's not a whole lot of them out there. So just look for the one with a beard <laughs> and that says CEO Parakeeto. If you want to check out Parakeeto, uh, head on over to parakeeto.com. Um, also make sure you check out our blog and our podcast. We have a podcast called the Agency Profit Podcast mm. uh, where we teach agency owners how to run more profitable businesses. We bring on all kinds of great people and experts. Um, so make sure you check that out. And if you want to try Parakeeto out, free trial on the website. So feel free to go in, sign up, see what it's all about. And we'd love to hear what you think. Awesome. Awesome. In your discussions with agency owners, how often have you found that they've had used the word workflows? How, how often do you find those? Do they have them or not have them? Overall? <laughs> I, it's funny. I find that there's two different types of agency owners. The ones that, um, well, it's, there's three actually. There's the ones that don't care about this stuff and they stay small and that's great for them and they usually make a really great lifestyle business out of what they do. Those tend to be extremely creative, like very talented people. There's the ones that don't care about this and grow because there is somebody on the team that cares about it and they're the ones that are managing workflows and basically telling that person like, here's how we have to do things and they're kind of figuring it out. And there's the ones that um, don't care about it until they have to, which usually ends up being around six to 10 employees when they really start feeling the pain of trying to run their business, trying to constantly making payroll, trying to keep the lights on in the building um, and realizing how hard that can be if you're not paying attention to where your money and your time is going. So um, yeah, those that are the answers my question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. All right, Michelle, appreciate you being here today. It was a pleasure, Jason. Thanks so much for having me. You bet.